0: If you guys don't know me, um, Bill and Dan and Chris, they can vouch for this. My brothers, my mom and dad, they can vouch for this. My wife, they can vouch for this. I love sci-fi shows, you know? Anybody else a sci-fi geek in here? Yeah, all right. Yes. Nothing wrong with sci-fi. You know, my brothers would come into the room as I was growing up. They'd walk, they'd turn their teeth, like, oh, man, that's stupid. You can't watch that stuff. And I'd be like, hey. Hey. That's all right. It's cool, man. You know, they're like, no, this is, like, unrealistic. They want to watch sports, you know. So I'm like, that's okay. Just go downstairs. I'm a, I, got, I got this TV. So, but, but, you know, what I think is funny is nowadays is Marvel Comics and, and superheroes and, and Transformers, they've become a lot of the pop culture movies, you know. And everybody likes sci-fi now, you know. For us people, they used to be called geeks. Hey, now everybody's a geek. All right, you know, and I'm not everybody. No, you guys, I'm calling your names. I promise, but you know, but they become more popular, and um, and I always go back to this one question: How many guys, sometime in your life, maybe you're hanging out with your friends, you're talking at work or something, say, if I could have any superhuman power, what would I want? You guys ask that question for? Well, so, somebody tell me, what would you like to have if you could have a superhuman power? What would it be? Anyone? Fly. Yeah, Kevin. I saw you raise your hand. What about you? Camouflage. <laughs> Camouflage. Yeah. Be 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 invisible. Yeah. Yeah. How about mind reading? Yeah. Could read everybody's thoughts. Huh. Speed. What? Speed. Speed. Like like the Flash. Yeah. See, I know him. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great TV show and lasted like two seasons. They took it off there. That was bad. So <laughs> I remember that. You know, there's all these different superhuman powers that these guys had. I know Nick Rossini, I know he loves Batman, you know. He loves, he's got the whole cape and the whole suit and everything. I mean, he's like, he loves it, you know. I think he's not here. Maybe second service, so. But um, the one thing cool about Batman, just a little tangent here, is that he wasn't a superhuman powers. He had a lot of money. He was just a regular guy with really cool tools, you know. Every guy loves gadgets, so. But, but what I thought about, when I thought about Samson, is I remember a TV show called Hercules, okay, with Kevin Sorbo. Can you show some pictures of him? See? Isn't that every woman's dream right there? No, it's not really. I mean, but, but when I thought of Samson, I, I was reminded of him, you know, long hair, you know, he had the leather pants, you know, and the V-neck shirt. And doesn't he just look cool? I mean, just like, ugh. I'm Hercules, you know. That's just that's that's just who he was. But when I think of Samson, that's what I think he might have looked like. Maybe his hair was probably a lot longer because he never cut his hair up until a certain point, of course. But you can take that down, Steve. We don't need to look at Kevin Sorbo all day. So, <laughs> but um, but I think you know what we've we've all thought about it. We've all. In some ways, if I could only have that superhuman power, you know, I could leap tall buildings in a single bound, and I could jump over planes, and I could save people, and I could do all this and that. We've thought about it. We may have dreamt about it as kids, you know. But the really cool thing is Samson was a superhero, but not because he was endowed with some special biological thing, but because God chose him to save his people because God gave him the strength to do what he needed to do. God was the one that gave him the power. It wasn't Samson. The power wasn't in his hair. It was because of who Samson was and what he committed his life to. As you read in Judges chapter 13, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. It's going to explain, we're going to get into who Samson was. And there's a lot. I, I Going through all this, I was like, man, what do I focus on? Because You know, you could spend four or five weeks just studying Samson because of the different things that he did and focusing on each one of those things. But I want to explain to you who Samson was, okay? First, in chapter 13, um, verse 2, a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you do not drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean, because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, set apart to God from birth. And he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Two things. I think it's funny in the Old Testament that a lot of the women who were barren, God chose to produce great leaders. Out of, out of out of those women, out of, out of those households, came great men that led the Israelite people into great things. And Samson was one of them. And the second thing that's really neat about the scripture, just that portion I read, is in verse 5, it says, Because you will conceive, and it goes on, and it says, that he will begin the deliverance from the Philistines. He didn't start it and finish it. Because as we read on, Samson wasn't good about finishing things. <laughs> but he was good at starting things. Because don't, as we read, we find out that David was the one that finished it. Farther on in, in the Old Testament. But Samson began it. So, as you continue to read on, we find out that he was a Nazarite. Okay, now the Nazarite vow. How many of you guys remember Chris talking about fasting? Remember that? Fasting is something that we choose to do, Right? I choose to set aside some time to fast. You know, Chris says sometimes doctors ask us to fast for health reasons, various reasons we do it. But the Nazarite vow was something that was an option. It was optional for a man to take upon himself and say, I'm going to become a Nazarite for this amount of time, okay? What's funny about Samson is he was born as a Nazarite. God, God had set him apart. God had chosen to make him different from the very beginning. And here's what the Nazarite vow included. It says that they were to abstain from any part of the grapevine. So no wine, no grape juice, none of that, which was a luxury in those days to have, have that. And um, he wasn't allowed to let his hair be cut at that time, which as you let your hair grow long, you know, um, back in those days, it was it was shameful to have long hair. You know, today some people are like sweet. You know, I like got a little rat tail. No, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have a rat tail. But you know, but but you know, the, I remember the '80s. You know, all the '80s rockers. Man, my wife loves Bon Jovi. It's like, man, he had hair better than some women. You know, I mean, I, it's amazing how that is. But in those days, it was shameful for a man to let their hair grow long. And then. The final rule was that they couldn't touch the dead. Even if one of their own family members passed away, they couldn't bury him. It was, it was restricted for them not to touch the dead. And so this was the vow that, that Samson was born into. It was a vow that set them apart to be holy before God. You know, when we, when we fast, we set ourselves apart. We set aside the time that we give to ourselves to food or TV or radio to to maybe help us draw closer to the Lord. For him to purify us and to enrich our, our connection between him and us. And, and Samson was born into that type of commitment. There's somebody in the New Testament that kind of lived that way. Does anybody know? They kind of lived that way in the New Testament? Who? John the Baptist. Very good, Kevin. Very good. He was that way. He ate locusts and... He was kind of a crazy man, you know, but he was there for a purpose. So just a little New Testament trivia for that. <laughs> Alrighty, righty. So, so Samson's born to his mother. He's born into the Nazarite vow. And, and the whole 13th chapter it goes on and, and explains who he was, how he was born, how his dad doubted that this man came to his wife and, you know, his mom and said, you're going to have a child. He's like, what? Yeah, right. Give me a break. And she's like, no, he did. He told me. And then he came a second. He asked God to have him come a second time. He came a second time. And he, you know what? He, Manoah was kind of, he didn't quite get it until finally the angel of the Lord, when they were offering a burnt offering, Manoah, the angel went up in the flames. He's like, oh, no, it's the angel of the Lord. He finally got it that, that, the, Lord, that the angel of God had come to his wife and said, you're going to have a son. He finally got it. Sometimes those guys can be thick, I know, but you know, we'll get it eventually, you know? Samson did, or Samson's dad did. Then in first in chapter 14, we kind of we, we kind of jump ahead in Samson's life and and we read about the woman of Timnah, the woman that he, he liked. Now, she was a Philistine, and Israelites weren't supposed to marry outside of the Jewish nation, but he liked her. His mom and dad said, hey, why, why do you have to marry this woman? Can't you marry somebody in our own our own clan, our own tribe? He's like, no, I like her. Go get her for me. You know, back in those days, you don't, you know, like today a man would ask a woman to marry her. Back then it was mom and dad went, our son likes your mom, or you're, you're not your mom, hopefully not your mom. <laughs> i I mean, it could never mind. <laughs> hopefully not. But, you know, mom and dad go and say, our son wants to marry your daughter. And they're like, okay, here's three horses and four chickens. You good? Good. You know, they traded that way. So Samson's mom and dad did that. And he ended up marrying her. But they had a... This is kind of cool. We don't do this today. You know, we have a wedding and a reception. It's just one day. They had like seven days to, to, to enjoy the reception. Now... I know some of you guys by probably thinking, you know, family for seven days, I don't know if I can handle that, you know, but that would still be kind of cool to have seven days off from work just to enjoy the new marriage, and but also it was a time for those, that man and that wife to get to know one another, because they really didn't have dating like we have dating. So, during the seven times, on the way down, Samson decided to kill a lion, just walking down, a lion came and he decided to kill a lion, and... And you know, it, it's just not an everyday thing. I mean, how many of you guys have killed a lion? Not me, I promise. You know, it's just kind of strange. But remember his vow. he wasn't supposed to touch anything that was dead. Remember that vow. He killed a lion, okay? So he gets down into to the Philistine um, town there to marry his wife, and he tells a riddle. okay? He, and his riddle in, in verse 18 uh, not sorry, I'm sorry. Let me get here out of the eater something to eat out of the strong something sweet so he tells these guys this riddle. there's like 30 of them okay they're guys that are to help him with the marriage stuff he tells them this riddle and says if you guys guess the riddle i'll give you 30 clothes and garments and all this stuff well they start bugging his wife saying get the answer get the answer and she bugs samson you know and he's like i haven't even told my mom and dad why would i tell you and he and and eventually women you just have a good way of, you know, getting the information out of us men. They got the information she got the information out of Samson, told the guys, and and the the answer was what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? That's what was in the carcass. A a beehive had, had set itself in the carcass. So he owed these Philistines clothes. So instead of just going and buying them, he decided to go and knock off a couple people, you know, and so he did, and that started, that started what God had planned, God had made this all happen, to start this disruption between the Israelites and the Philistines, in chapter 15, we read a little bit more about Samson's vengeance, his wife that he had married, was so, because she had told the secret to her, 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 her townsman, um, Samson was mad, and he left. When he came back to get her, her dad had given her away to his friend. Eh, this is all weird to me. You know, it sounds like a soap opera, don't it? You know, I mean, I'm going, okay, so you marry the girl, then her dad thinks you don't like her anymore. So, oh, well, his friend's here, You can the friend. You know, it's just weird. But that's what happened. It, so Samson's furious, and in chapter 15, we read about his vengeance. I mean, Samson goes on at 15, he takes 300 foxes. I'm like, where do you find 300 foxes? You know, and he takes them, and he ties them tail by tail. He puts fire in their tails and he lets them run through the grain fields. And he burns down the grain fields. And then the Philistine men, they're pretty mad. You'd be mad, right? I mean, somebody come burn your fields. So he burns down the fields. They come and then he takes a jawbone of a donkey. And not only 30 men this time, but 1,000 men. See, one thing that's kind of neat about Samson, you know, Pastor Bill talked about Gideon. But all the judges before Samson, like Gideon, they all ruled, they all led an army to fight the Philistines. Samson didn't need an army. Because of the power and the strength that God had given him, a thousand men was nothing. He was able to, with a donkey of a jawbone, to take those guys Take them out, you know. But in chapter 16, here's where I want to spend most of my time. Samson and Delilah. That's the story we all remember from Sunday school, right? That's what we're usually taught, the story of Samson and Delilah. Samson, you know, kind of had a little, he had a little weakness for women, you know, that's nothing wrong. All us guys, you know. I remember an old R&B song. I get so weak in the knees. You know, remember that one? Yeah? Some of you guys my age remember it. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one, you know. But but he had a weakness for women. But Delilah especially. As I read over the story, I read it over so many times because I was trying to figure out what God wanted me to say. the 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 one thing that it says in 16 is that this is the one that he fell in love with. But Delilah was tricky. She was tricky. The dollar mattered a lot more to her than love. You know? Her people mattered more to her than Samson did. But Samson, he keeps, he keeps playing with her. He keeps, he keeps um, tempting the sin and keeps pushing her, and she keeps pushing him, and eventually he gives in. Chapter 16, we we see what it's like to play with sin. You know, I had Chris do the game with the balloon for a reason, because we all struggle with sin, don't we? We all struggle with not doing the right thing all the time. I mean, if there's one of you guys that are perfect, I want to know. If you could show me the way, that'd be great. Because I know I struggle. I know I struggle sometimes so much that I'm just like, man, God, I don't even know why you love me. Because of who I am and what I do. I mean, I'm not a murderer or nothing, I promise that. But still, sometimes you, feel, you just feel like you take one step forward and two steps back. As you make this progress towards God. And, and, I, and I thought about the balloon. I thought about, you know, it's kind of like every time I tempt sin, it's like blowing a little puff into the balloon, you know? <sighs> murders didn't become murders overnight. Slowly, they engaged the thought. They engaged the action. Liars didn't become liars overnight. We slowly lied told a fib here and a fib there. And eventually that sin grows. And it grows. And it continues to grow as long as we continue to feed it. And that's what Samson did. You know, Delilah at first gives him one. Says, tell me, tell me, the, tell me the, the, the secret to your strength. And he's like, well, if you tie up my hands with the cords, then I'll be weak. Don't we do that with sin? We kind of walk the line sometimes. We kind of just creep up to it and says, okay, this is okay for once. I'll just do it one time. Next thing you know, like Samson, again, she comes back and says, you lied to me, honey. Why didn't you tell me the truth? And he goes, well, okay, if you do this now, then, then I'll be weak. And again, he blew into the, the balloon. Until eventually, it exploded. And what I found interesting is the last thing she does is she cuts his hair, right? And the hair, a lot of times we think the hair is where his power was at. His power wasn't in his hair. His power was in him through God. His hair was a part of his vow. The Nazarite vow. But when she found the secret out. She cut his hair. His vow had been broken. And what I found funny was the fact is in in chapter 16, she says, Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. He did not know that the Lord had left him. I thought that was interesting. I think he had pushed. He had tempted so much. He had blown into the balloon so many times that even when God left him, he didn't recognize that he had left him. See, when we blow into the balloon, when we let sin creep in on us a little bit by a little bit, our heart becomes hardened. To when God leaves, we don't know. But the great thing is, the great thing is, is Samson had to go through some punishment. He lost his eyes. The Philistines came out, and they made him blind, and they stuck him to a grinding wheel. And all he did all day long was grind wheat and corn. Until one day, his hair had grown back, and they decided to have fun at the Israelite Samson. And he came out, and he was blind, and the guy who led him out, he said, put my hands on the pillars of the Colosseum that they were in. There was about 3,000 there. And he prayed the prayer, said, God, give me the strength one more time to have vengeance on these people for you. And God gave him the strength one more time, and he lost his life with it. But when we read in Hebrews, we read that he was considered a hero to the Israelite people because of what he had done for God and for the people of Israel. And here's a great thing for us, is each one of us has that grace that God gave Samson. Each and every day, his mercies are new every morning. For us to come to his throne and to say, God, forgive me. God, wash me. God, purify me. Samson did great things, but his eyes were bigger than his stomach, right? That's the saying, right? <laughs> so I encourage you guys, I encourage you kids to to remember that God always forgives no matter what we do. But the goal is to go and sin no more. Like Jesus said, to walk the best we can, to not indulge ourselves in blowing in the balloon because it eventually pops it eventually crumbles and none of us have to suffer the fate that Samson did we all know that if we give Christ our heart if we commit our lives to him that we're guaranteed eternity forever with him and what could be better than that no more crying no more fears no more sorrow No more pain, no more economic troubles, it's a world that's perfect, it's a world that we were intended to have from the very beginning, but God's made a way for us to have it today. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.